0: Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm Samuel Timothy.
1: And I'm Taylor Rowe. Uh, Is SEO still relevant? That's the question that we dove into today. We hear it all the time from customers and from uh, prospects or interested companies that want to work from us, listeners to the podcast. You know, is SEO right for my business? Do keywords still matter? Is SEO a a viable solution? And so the answer is it it depends. It depends on your business, your business model. So we broke down our top five considerations When it comes to investing into SEO, and some pretty cool and interesting statistics that I think uh, will be beneficial to you as a listener. So please give us a like, rate the podcast, subscribe wherever you're listening, and of course, share the podcast with a a friend or a colleague. Let's dive right into the episode.
0: So Taylor, I know we talk a lot every day in terms of customers coming to us asking about different sort of marketing tactics and strategies to implement. Commonly asked, you know, question is, is SEO still a viable medium or strategy for them to implement to drive customer uh, acquisition efforts? Um, and I think it's a it's a lot of question, right? There's a yeah. lot of nuances that goes into um, saying whether or not SEO is the right strategy for them. So we want to take the opportunity today to kind of dispel some con- confusion people have about SEO and then also answer some um, answer some things that they need to consider as part of an SEO strategy before they engage in one. So you want to elaborate a little bit about some of the concerns that we hear from people?
1: Sure. Yeah. Like you said, you know, all the time, uh, I mean, really for the last five, you know, six, seven years, we, we've heard or starting to hear these ideas. People come out and say SEO is dead or SEO doesn't work anymore. Uh, and the reality is it's just, it's constantly evolving, Right when Google started out, you know, there was like, I think, roughly 10,000 searches a day in Google. Now there's about 5.6 billion searches every day, Mm -hmm. right? So there's so much content out there. There's so many people searching that things have just changed, right? And Google has, has become more advanced. Obviously, we're looking at things like, you know, artificial intelligence and the algorithm is, you know, kind of learning and consistently improving every single day. So it used to be that you, know, you could almost kind of cheat the system. And SEO is just about adding keywords to your website and um, making sure your title tags were set up properly. And, and basically you would show up because if you were in a, a niche of 50 competitors, you were probably the only ones that were creating content. And so it was pretty, pretty simple and pretty easy to show up. And now you're competing against so many different websites and so many different pieces of content. So I guess first we want to look at okay, is SEO still relevant? Well, it, it depends. Yeah. It it is relevant, absolutely. Again, there's 5.6 billion searches a day. So if your goal as a marketer is to get in front of your audience, there's really no better place to do that than Google because people actively use it so often, right? There's about 92% of the the market, search engine market is is controlled by Google. So Google is, is where it's at, right? When we talk about SEO and talk about search engines, it's synonymous with Google. But what we need to understand is, is SEO the right strategy for you? So that's what we want to walk through today is some considerations that you need to make when developing an SEO strategy and determine whether or not it's, it's a you know relevant strategic move for your organization at, at this time. So a couple of other stats, again, when we're talking about SEO, we're talking about search engine optimization. Again, it's the process of improving your website, optimizing your website and your content so that you have a better chance of showing up in the search results. So your customer goes to Google, um, they ask a question, they search for your product or service. How do we get them to our website? Uh, and we talk about Google again, because they they hold 92% of the search engine market, the nearest competitor, which is Bing, if we exclude YouTube, if we're just talking about traditional search engines, Bing only holds about 2.5% of that market share. It's really not even close at this point in terms of the search engines that you should try to optimize for. Everybody is, you know, the holy grail is, is Google. Um, a couple other statistics to look at is 92% of all search queries are actually long-tailed keywords. So what that tells us is, you know, 92%, again, is a big percentage. Almost all of these search terms are long tail, meaning they are specific search terms. They're questions. People are trying to find very specific solutions. It also means that as users and people that are searching, we're becoming more sophisticated, right? Because we understand, we're starting to understand as a, as a population, if you think about especially younger generations that are growing up accustomed to using Google, we're understanding how to search in order to find what we want to find on Google, right? So you look at a long tail keyword, you want to make sure that you kind of understand the intent behind that and how that applies to your business, which we'll we'll get into here in a second. And one more statistic I want to share is that actually 50%, more than 50% of Google searches end without a click. So that's the other thing to think about. Again, you look at that in practice, somebody searching a long tail specific search term, meaning they're looking for a very specific answer, and over half of them don't ever click on anyone's website. So what does that tell you? How do you measure that as a marketer? Uh, you know, if we're, we're ranking number one, we're ranking number five, but no one's clicking on it, right? We can see the search volume and we can see the impressions and analytics and search console, but we can't see any, we don't see any traffic. Well, again, research-related searches, different types of search results, rich snippets, featured snippets. Ultimately, a lot of times, people are not going to the website, they're finding the answer on Google without actually clicking on the website. And it goes back to what Google is is trying to do, right? Google's trying to control the traffic and Google's trying to provide them the best possible user experience. So that's why Google auto-suggests, auto-fills your search when you, you start to type. That's why they show you, you know, people also search in terms of the recommended searches. So they show you those rich snippets and highlight the actual answer to the question that you were asking. So The question is, is SEO so relevant? Um, Well, yeah, maybe the metrics are a little bit different. We're not talking about the traffic the same way that we would, or maybe traffic is going down. Maybe the search terms that we're trying to optimize for are, are changing and evolving, but there's more searches today than ever in Google, which means there's more opportunities now than ever to get in front of your audience in what we would call an active buyer intent related channel. So you have to just understand the variables and understand the game that we're playing. And then we can start to get into how we can optimize and how we can modify this for our company and our organization. Yeah, it's funny
0: that some of the things that you mentioned, I was just smiling in my mind because I was at a conference this past week. I probably did maybe more than 200 searches and not just finding places to eat, finding you know kind of the safe place to hang out, all those things. But I'm also sitting in sessions when... They're talking about uh, you know, the speaker that's coming up. I was looking up their name and I was looking up their uh, yep. company, which I did not even have to click to go find their website. I would just look at their description of the website or I per- search for that person's name and then I might just see his name and his title and what company he worked for because there were some panels where multiple people that I didn't know. I'm not a, a big sports guy. So there was a couple of uh, sports athletes that came that I didn't know them about and you can see who they are and how many championships they won. All of those things that you were talking about. So if it's 5.6 billion searches that are happening, 50% of them never gets clicked. That's a significant number still, right? We're talking probably about 2.3 billion searches that still end in a a visit to some sort of a website. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's not a small number that we're talking in terms of visitors that can come from a search.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's become a verb, right? It's, you know, you're trying to figure something out. Well, did you Google it? But you should Google it. Try to Google it, right? It's not even. You should search for that. Go to a search engine and search for it. You should Google it. So, um, for now, right? Obviously, things change, but Google is is uh, absolutely the dominant player in the space. And again, things are evolving. And as things evolve, uh, we as consumers evolve. So even though our I know our audience is primarily B two B, and the clients that we work with are B two B we're still people at the end of the day, we're consumers and our habits don't change in terms of how we make purchases and how we find information, which is really the, the question that we want to answer. So the first consideration we want to take, right, if we're answering this question, is SEO so relevant? Is it relevant for me or is it a you know a viable option for me? First, I would say understand your market maturity. So if we look at all of these this data and we look at the statistics that are in front of us, just again, think logically about Google. Uh, well, what is Google? People go to Google to do what? They go to Google to find answers to questions that they have, right? They go to Google to find solutions. So when I say understand your market maturity, are people aware of either the problem that they're trying to solve or a solution like yours that exists, right? Not just use ourselves as, as an example, right? We are a digital marketing agency. We are an inbound marketing agency. You could say SEO agency, whatever, however you wanted to say it. Well. This market has become you know, more and more mature over the years. So there's enough people that know what that terminology is to actually search for it, right? They're searching for digital marketing agency. If you're in a less mature market, meaning you're creating a new product category, you're solving a problem that maybe people didn't know that exists, or they know there's a problem, but they don't necessarily know that solution exists because you're Maybe you're inventing something in in some sort of way, right? You're you're launching a new software that that solves a problem that's a huge problem, but nobody knows that terminology for that software because they've never heard of it before, right? So understanding your market maturity is the first thing that you need to understand because that's going to start helping you understand the type of content that you need to create. And if you want to just look at it and break it up into you know, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. Uh, or just top of the funnel, bottom of the funnel is, is probably the easiest way to understand your market maturities. Like, are people asking long tail questions like we just talked about? They're asking questions about you know, how to improve efficiencies of their business or cut costs or whatever your software, your tool, your product helps them do, they might be researching around that. Or are there other ancillary areas within the business that you can provide value? Right. So, you know, are you? Let's say, you know, for us, like we help manufacturing companies acquire more customers, right? So we do that through digital marketing, through inbound marketing. If those manufacturing companies never heard of digital marketing, can we create content around questions that we know the leadership of those manufacturing companies are going to be asking Google? So that's one way. Again, it's, you know, the idea is, can we get in front of our audience on Google but we have to understand what our audience knows and understands about our business. And are they actively searching for it? Is there existing demand for what we have to offer?
0: Yeah. And I think when you talk about the market maturity, one of the things to also keep in mind is the addressable market is sizable enough, too. So you could be in an established market, but then you have a very niche audience. And that means the the demand may be still low, but it still could be a very effective channel to attract those people. You may not Absolutely. see it, you know like a running shoes is going to have a lot more search volume than somebody who does precision die cutting because there's not a lot of people that are actually looking for precision die cutting. But that does not mean there isn't people looking for precision die cutting in a company, Chicago.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a perfect segue into the next point that I wanted to make, next consideration, which is know and understand your metrics, right? Get to know your metrics. And probably the three most important metrics when it comes to search, we're just, again, starting to research around the viability of this type of program, SEO. Look at search volume, search intent, and then basically level of competition or difficulty. So if you look at those three things and find a balance between them, search volume meaning how many people on average are searching each month for that particular keyword or search term. And you have to build up a list, a, a pool of search terms, right? So it could be 10, it could be 100, it could be a thousand different ways people are searching for your product or service or asking questions around how to improve their business or, you know, something similar to what you have to offer. And then contrast that and compare that to the actual intent of the search, which is, uh, you know, kind of what we were talking about is, are they just simply asking questions or are they all the way down to the bottom of the funnel, meaning they know exactly what they're looking for and they're, uh, they're really looking for a solution or a vendor to help them. And then difficulty of level of competition is probably that that final piece that you need to understand when building your strategy is like, is it even possible for us, right? You mentioned, you know, the idea of running shoes or something like that. It's like, if you and I started a, you know, a new shoe brand and we were trying to sell, you know, shoes online, maybe, you know, SEO wouldn't be the first strategy, the first channel that we look to implement. It's not that there's not a ton of search volume and it's not that there's not a ton of search intent it's that the level of competition is so insane that it's very difficult to differentiate yourself in that market through SEO in particular, because you have to look at how that audience makes purchases. There's probably other options that are better for you, you know, Instagram ads, Facebook ads, Google shopping ads, right? If people are searching for a particular type of shoe, if you could show up in the product listing, they can actually see the shoe It's a very, you know, visual product, right? So would I say if you write, started writing blogs about, you know, the top 10 uh, running shoes for marathon runners. Like, yeah, that could, could be a strategy. But again, you're competing with all the running websites, all the fitness websites, all the shoe manufacturers like Nike and Adidas and Puma. And it's seemingly you know, nearly impossible to show up for that in any sort of a timetable that would produce an ROI where you might want to look at other channels. So if you find a balance between search volume, search intent, and search difficulty is probably the first place I would start in terms of understanding your metrics once you again understand your maturity of your market.
2: Hey, thanks for listening, Solomon. here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified, or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone. All right, business go through this when there is a lack of strategy sometimes. Uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms, talk to one of our consultants, that's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at one IMS and especially with this podcast is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right, so thank you for listening and let's get back to our topic for the day.
0: Yeah, and I think one thing I would add in terms of uh, competitors too, sometimes people confuse competitors with a, a company that's directly compete with them yeah. on the product or service. But oftentimes in the B2B space, you might see there are business directories, there is uh, a publication website, there are association websites, any sort of those sort of sites that actually are more informational and educational in nature tend to rank fairly high. And you may perceive them not as a direct competitor or a threat to your business, but in fact, they are taking up the spots on Google's results, which means your chance of getting up on that page one or at least on the top listings become a little bit difficult. So keep in mind that competition doesn't always mean you know they they take away business from you. They just yeah. take away uh, a, a spot that you can actually have on Google results.
1: Yeah, Um you know, and this is not a new concept, but it is something we hear all the time, right? Is, you know, you, well, they're not a competitor to us because they they don't manufacture. They're just a distributor or where we do this or we do that, right? But anybody that searches online uh, for anybody that shows up on, online, rather, for those searches that you're trying to the traffic you're trying to get and takes traffic away from us is a competitor, right? So like I said before, if you identify 100 keywords, you type those in anybody that shows up on the first five pages for any of those 100 keywords is a competitor to you. Uh, just like you know if you own a, a movie theater and locally uh, a bowling alley is a competitor right it's, it's because it's an alternative that you know someone can do on their Friday night or Saturday night uh, they're taking away that audience right There's only a certain number of people that want to you know do something and there's alternatives to that uh, yeah, they don't show any movies at the bowling alley and you can't bowl at the movie theater. Uh, but you only have so much time. So that's technically a competitor just in the same way that somebody searching for your product or service and they're finding a directory, they're finding an article They're you know, they, if Wikipedia shows up, uh, then that's a competition because we're talking about, can you outrank them? Can you beat them in the search results? Um, that's your competition. Yeah, most certainly.
0: So what's our third consideration to keep in mind when we're thinking about SEO as a strategy?
1: Sure. So if you start, you know, kind of looking at this logically again, you, you start to understand your market maturity, uh, and you define, okay, yes, people, people understand that there's a problem. They understand of a solution. There's enough search volume and enough intent that I believe I can get, uh, you know, a a certain uh, percentage of the traffic uh, based on the level of competition. Well, then you start to have to understand the the actual buyer's journey, right? So I talked about that top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. Um, this is again with any type of content that you're creating. We always talk about uh, understanding intent, uh, and the way that we break it down is we we look at it as create versus capture, right? Creating awareness, generating demand versus capturing existing demand. So only those bottom of the funnel search terms, you know, branded searches included, and then basically people searching for a particular product or service uh, are are bottom of the funnel, right? And that's where you're going to get uh, when you talk about the funnel and you talk about uh attribution like every all the credit is going to go to those bottom of the funnel search terms right but how do we create awareness how do we get in front of those those the audience earlier on in the process um well you have to create content around those research related searches or you have to create educational content um uh, that's going to provide value to them earlier on in the in the process and this can be done through a number of different channels search is not the only one but you certainly want to start to create content around those topics uh, and put them on your website to try to show up for search. Because like we talked about, 92% of search queries are, are long tail keywords. Um, that means that people are, again, researching. They're asking questions. There were some other statistics I read about how many you know people are actually searching in terms of a question form, which was well over 50%, um, and more than 50% of those searches end without a click. Which again, you know, I can infer from that people are asking questions that are straightforward enough that Google is highlighting the answer, and they never actually have to go and click on a, a search result. So, um, a ton of that volume, if we talk about this five point six billion searches a month, a ton of that is going to be research related. So, there's a huge opportunity at the top of the funnel, um, but we have to understand our buyer's journey and align the content with the intent of of the user and how they make decisions and how they start to understand. Uh, that they might be looking for a solution like yours yeah
0: and i think one of the things to keep in mind especially when you're thinking about the buyer's journey uh the knowing what the buyer's sales you know the buying journey like not every search that they made like you said isn't going to turn into a click and the clicks that come to your website or your visitor doesn't necessarily mean they were ready in that purchase journey they're ready to make that purchase commitment so they're doing a whole lot of research so Oftentimes, you need to have hundreds, if not thousands of visitors to come to your website to get a small percentage of people to actually proactively reach out. So you need to think about it from that perspective as well. Sometimes organic traffic is very hard to come by, and it takes a lot of visitors before you actually see that traffic turning into some sort of a uh, realized money or value to the company. So uh, the, the understanding the metrics, like we talked about, the search volume and the intent, all that plays a big mm-hmm. part. Um, from a buyer's journey alignment as well.
1: You read my mind, Sam. Because my next, uh, you know, point is to manage internal expectations. So, uh, you know, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Of there's so many variables that you have to think uh, about in terms of that traffic. Well, if our if we have more top of the funnel research related content that's starting to rank and index, our traffic is going to go up. Conversion rates are going to go down right because those people are not necessarily ready to to convert or to see a demo or to schedule an appointment or request a quote because they're just researching right um we also have to look at again we talked about the level of competition we talked about the sheer volume of competitors and in, in searches that are happening every day online we talked about the number of people that never even click to your website um and it's becoming more and more difficult to rank on google so we understand that so we have to understand our expectations and manage them internally is like some of these things are going to take longer than others. Um, It is a long-term strategy, a long-term play. It's potentially a never-ending play. A lot of people ask, you know, how long is this going to take? How long do I invest? And then when can I stop, right? When can I coast? Um, Which is a bit like, you know, we we talk a lot of uh, fitness, uh, uh, you know, fitness comparisons here or, or examples, but You know, it'd be like saying, "Well, once I get, you know, once I get in shape, once I, you know, get jacked, or once I get to the point where I can run a marathon, then I just have that, right? Then I can just, you know, I can wait a year and I can go run another marathon." And that's just not the case, right? It's you get to that point and you you continue it's continuous improvement. You know, you're never satisfied, and and that's kind of how SEO works. Uh, But of course, you want to reach that, you know, uh, tipping point where you become profitable, Uh, and it it is a it's an uphill battle. It's a long uh, strategy and it's a, uh, it's a moving target, right? Because Google is consistently changing. Your competitors are doing the same thing that we're talking about. So, uh, it is, uh, it's not, uh, for the, for the faint of heart in terms of, Hey, we want to dip our toes in the water or test this strategy out. Or, you know, we'll, instead of, you know, we look at our competitors and they're creating 10 pieces of content a month, or they have, you know a million backlinks so we'll just do a little we'll create one piece of content a quarter and we'll you know get one backlink and we'll just see right it's it's not how the game is played you you have to go all in you have to look at the long term and for the companies that win the ROI is you know significantly greater than pretty much any other channel because effectively the traffic is free it just takes a lot of manpower to to get to that point
0: yeah, I mean, I think the the fitness analogy is, is across the board is the perfect one for anything to do with uh, content marketing and SEO. Because I think, like you said, you can't take your foot off the pedal after you got, got in shape, right? Then you still need to continue to work out regularly, eat right, and you know, exercise, do whatever, right? Like following that rigid uh, regimen. The same thing is true just trying to get fit, right? Like that's even much more... You need a lot of patience and it takes a lot longer to get in shape
1: as well. So well, right. Yeah. The more out of shape you are, (laughs) is probably the harder it is to do. And then once you get there, you know, the more important it is to to stay there. Right. And I think that's very, very uh, poignant when it comes to comparing, you know, SEO and, and something like that.
0: Yeah, you never ranked for anything. Your website has no domain authority. You had written no content whatsoever in the past. Your website had all kinds of technical issues. Now you're just scratching the surface, you know, improving the technical things and getting your website to actually start to index first. Then you have to create content and you need to produce it at a higher level. And then you need the patience to wait. And you're and actually, see, yeah. Right. And you're
1: competing against other people. And that's, a that's, diff- that's probably the biggest difference between a, you know, when you talk about a fitness journey is like, you're kind of just competing against yourself. <laughs> the difference would be like, if you're competing against yourself, and then all of a sudden you, you, know, you get, yeah, you get, <laughs> you get thrown into an NFL <laughs> game. Right. It's yeah. like, that's, Google is, I mean, it's the, the internet is, you know, everyone is competing. Everyone doesn't matter, uh, you know, how much money you have, how, you know, how big and strong you are. I mean, it is literally you're competing against everybody in the world that, that is creating content. So, um, yeah, manage those expectations, but do that based on research, right? So do your research and have a plan. Um, and yeah, I think maybe we're, we're not trying to scare anybody off, but we want to set realistic expectations in terms of this type of strategy.
0: Yeah. You can't, you can you know, be scared and run away from it because it is an effective strategy. There's no doubt, but you just have to have the right expectation going into it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so the final consideration we want to discuss is, you know, we talked about all this and it's, you know, it's kind of funny, right? It's people get so caught in the weeds of the the statistics, the data. We have so much data at our, our fingertips. And we the only reason I brought up some of these stats is just to illustrate, again, the volume or the opportunity that's happening on search engines on Google. Um, and so be data-driven, right, is kind of our, our point. But be logical. Think logically. If you look at Google again, I mean, there's hundreds of variables that come into play when determining your ranking. And every SEO expert has different Theories and philosophies on domain authority, and uh, you know uh, your backlink profile, and whether or not you know the, what the keyword density needs to look like, and what a good internal linking strategy and site architecture. Do we need long-form content, short short content, uh, huge websites and thousands of pages, or small websites with you know deep deep ten thousand word pages but only fifteen pages? Everybody has different different opinions on what works and what doesn't work, and the reality is. It changes every day. Platforms, you know, change, what platform ranks the best? What CMS ranks the best? Um, you know, all these kind of things. So, yes, understand those metrics in in general, but think logically. Again, look at look at what you see in, on Google search results. What we call the SERPs, a search engine result page. Uh, there's so many variations of the way Google is is showing the results based on the intent of the search. Um, Look at your own, you know, your own consumer behavior. How do you search? How do you Google? Uh, what content do you like to consume? Ask yourself, you know, if, if I was my customer, what would be the best way to illustrate this topic, right? So if I'm asking a research related question of how to do this, how to do that, what's the best process for this? Um, you know, how would you, if it was perfect, how would you articulate that? Would it be a video? Would it be an infographic? Uh, would it be a blog post? Would it be a long form piece of content that uh, has chapters of, you know, all the different steps that need to to be taken? Um, again, it's probably a combination of the two. Like, would you rather have a, a a very large, comprehensive piece of content that's also broken down into smaller bits and pieces that has some sort of a glossary or an index that you could click and it takes you directly to that question or that topic that you're trying to answer, right? So be organized. Um be yeah, direct and poignant with your answers to the questions that people are searching and and put yourself in the customer's shoes and just and try to make your website the best inbound buying experience, uh, the best uh, answer to the question. Because that's really what Google's trying to do is that Google's trying to show the user the most relevant result to whatever they were searching and show them the best user experience. So there's no tricks, there's no hacks, there's no shortcuts. Uh, when it comes to, you know, cheating the system, it's, if we want to be the most relevant result to whatever that search term is, we have to become the most relevant result and we have to prove to Google that we are de- you know, deserving of that number one spot. So ask yourself, if you don't know anything about SEO, just ask yourself what that looks like uh, in terms of a website. And, and um, I think if you start doing that for all the pieces of content you create, uh, you're going to see success and the, the small details uh, are going to make more of a big difference at that point than they would if you just you know, mailed it in on the content itself and then did everything you can on the the optimization, it's not going to work. Start with the the best answer, the best content, the best format of content. Um, and if, if that means you can only create a couple of pieces of content a week or a month, that's fine. Uh, it's quality over quantity uh, in this scenario.
0: Yeah, one thing I would say from data side is, you know, you're not completely working in the dark. You have uh, ter- third-party tools and technology that yeah. you can use, to measure the leading indicators that proves whether or not your efforts are producing the right type of outcome you're looking for, um, maybe in the form of just keyword position, change history and, uh, and the progress of the, all those keywords and, and the overall ranking. And then uh, the lag measure being the traffic growth as well as the conversions that come out of it. So you're not just saying, hey, you know, great content and then just hope that everything just works out to your, to your benefit. But overall, you could still be monitoring and measuring the progress over time and make sure that your your efforts are producing
1: positive ROI. Absolutely. Uh, well, hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Please, if you have any questions, send them in. Don't forget to give us a like, subscribe to the podcast, share with a friend or a colleague, and uh, tune in next week for next episode.
2: All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, Share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight, all right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers. Head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer, all right? So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.